You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is on a long walk with his two dogs. I'm talking a very long walk. Not a mile, not 10, but 2,400 miles. He is walking with a pair of lovable Great Pyrenees who answer to the names Hudson and Murphy. But the spirit of a third dog named Malcolm inspires and motivates them to complete a journey that is taking them, are you ready listeners, from Austin to Boston. Please give pause and applause to the big dog himself, Luke Robinson. Welcome to the show, Luke. Hi Arden, thanks for having us. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you could stay in one place stationary long enough for us to catch you because you're quite on the run. Hey folks, Luke, Hudson, and Murphy are walking to raise awareness and to find answers to combat cancer in our companion animals. Tragically in dogs, cancer strikes one in every three dogs. So this 2,400-mile walk they're doing has certainly been no cakewalk. Luke will share some of his adventures and misadventures with us right after this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume's super long-lasting sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host, Pia Silvani, teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. 
Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. As mentioned, our special guest is Luke Robinson. He's a guy on a mission. He wants to wipe out canine cancer in our lifetime. He wants to do it soon. And he doesn't just talk the talk. He's actually walking the walk. Teaming up with him are his canine chums, Hudson and Murphy. And they, together they are walking from Austin to Boston. Wow. Luke, uh, let's get right to it. The big why. What happened back in 2008, I guess, when you kicked off this with your very first new pair of shiny hiking boots? Yeah, it's actually kind of an interesting backstory, Arden, because um, I don't really come from the animal world, and you never would have caught me at a pet fair or anything like that. And, you know, I never even spent a second in a shelter and uh, until I, I got this uh, dog uh, from an ex-girlfriend of mine. I named him Malcolm, and uh, I sat him down when he was a wee pup. He was maybe two months old when I got him. And, you know, I uh, was uh, setting forth the rules of the house. You know, this is my <laughs> house. Respect my rules. And if you do that, you know, we'll get along. I'll treat you like a man. And the last thing I told him was, I'm, you know, I'm a southerner. I'm from the south, so uh, I don't do any of that baby talk. Uh, mm-hmm. That's for girls. I don't do baby talk. And I, I, I swear, Arden, he broke me like in a week. I was singing good morning songs to him, planning my day around him, just looking for any excuse to stop at the store and get him yet another toy. And I golfed, so he very quickly became my caddy. And uh, I'd take him out to play 18, and he'd ride shotgun in the golf cart. So he just, you know, before Malcolm, I had no idea that people could have such a deep and profound bond, spiritual bond, with an animal. And uh, Malcolm changed everything for me. And... Uh, um, you know, I grew up around dogs and cats, but down in the south, you know, there's sort of a hierarchy, you know, people first and then pets second. And I guess mm-hmm. that's sort of the environment in which I was raised. So I was ill-prepared for um, Malcolm in my life. And, uh, you know, I very quickly became my, my boy, uh, my mate and my boy. And uh, so, uh, you know, I read everything I could. I, <laughs> I was a typical, you know, unprepared dad. I was like, I realized, oh, my God, I have no idea, you know, how to take care of Malcolm. So I had to, you know, read all the books and talk to some of the experts and vets and find out, you know, you know what are the best things to do. And I, and I, and I very quickly learned, the, you know, the, at the time, the, the foods to, to, to purchase, the, the, 
which uh, chews to give them, which uh, you know treats not to give them, and and uh, I you know did more than the average parent. I think I, Malcolm was my boy. In fact, I mothered him. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people in my life felt like I was kind of a I was kind of his mother rather than his dad. So, and in 2004, he was diagnosed with uh, uh, osteosarcoma, which is bone cancer. And uh, he was uh, the young age of six, and boy, that just torpedoed my world. And, you know, I guess really because I went to such extremes and to such extent to take the best care of him, I, I just, I asked why. Why? You know, how could it be that I did everything that everybody told me to do, and he got cancer? Um, and it's that lingering question, really, that has propelled me so far across the country and keeps me going every single day. Um, and it was a promise I made to him. Of course, in most cases of bone cancer, it spread to his lungs, and he was given rest in 2006. So uh, basically, I, I made a promise to him before he was given rest, and I, I promised him that I'd find out what took him from me. And, um, and that's the promise I aim, I aim to fulfill. So basically, I sold my truck, put my stuff in the storage, and got on the road and started walking with Hudson and Murphy. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the one saving grace is your ex-girlfriend gave you a pretty nice gift. You know, she really altered your life. Oh, you know, you know actually, that's, that's a perfect point, Arden, and this is something that not, not many people know, is that my ex-girlfriend, I mean, she blessed my life with Malcolm, and when I got Hudson for Murphy as a mate, um, his name is an homage to her. Um, she moved up to New York some years ago, and I wanted to honor her um, with, his, with his name, and so he's named after the Hudson River. Because of oh, her. okay. See, I, there's always a connection. Sometimes, you know, exes do some wonderful things later on in life for us, and and that's what sounds like she did for you. I haven't dated her. I just wanted to let, make that for the record. You know, <laughs> okay. uh, you, know you got some uh, awesome companions. Let's talk a little bit the bio on Murphy and Hudson. We're going to get into your walk and all, but I was watching the YouTube video of them testing their booties. Um, <laughs> it looked like they were walking like, oh, there's another dog pile. Oh, there's another. I mean, they were doing that funky, like Frankenstein four-legged walk. But let's okay. talk about the different personalities and a little quick bio on Murphy and Hudson. Yeah, Murphy's the cerebral one. He's very, you know, very soulful, very wise. You can see it in his eyes. Um, it's interesting to see which, which type of people tend to gravitate to either Hudson or Murphy. And I find that older people um, tend to gravitate more to him. He's a very soulful, introspective, very wise and wizened uh, soul. And um, Hudson, on the other hand, <laughs> He's my little ADD child. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have one, you know. <laughs> that, that's right. That, that's right. I um I uh, came across. I can't even remember where where I came across it, but you know he gets so distracted so easily. Someone used the phrase, you know, he'll be doing something, and then it's like, oh look, there's an elephant sliding down a rainbow, <laughs> and yeah, no, and he he just uh, he still has that puppy ADD thing going on, and uh, but he's a sweet and sensitive boy. You know, it's interesting because of the age differences. Murphy's eight and Hudson's three. I always thought Murphy would be a slowpoke Rodriguez and Hudson would be Speedy Gonzalez. You know, on the walk, but it's in the the polar opposite of that. Murphy's really the road warrior. I look to him to you know every morning he's you know front and center, um, ready to go out of the tent and get on the road and start walking. Whereas Hudson, you know, he drags his feet. You know, he's got that teenage angst thing going on. You know, yeah. the diss thing the teenagers, um, you know, <laughs> disengaged and so on and so forth. But you know, after a couple of miles, Hudson's dragging his paws. You know, oh, Poppy, I'm so tired, Poppy. You know, and Murphy never complains. He just he's truly a road warrior. Oh my gosh. 
What a, a great idea. Did you just want it so it rhymes Austin to Boston? That's pretty good. And I know it says on the website, if people got their pin handy, we're going to say this um, more than once, of course. But you can check out on the web. It's twodogs2000miles.org, and the two and the 2,000 are not spelled out. They're numbers. You can also check out Hudson and Murphy because they, they, you can do a tweet on Twitter and find out what's going on with them. And YouTube, my gosh, you've got a lot of great videos with some great music. But Austin to Boston, why not, you know, Austin to, you know, San Diego? It's really nicer climate. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a lot of people say, well, why didn't you start in California? Because that makes more sense. There's a ton of animal lovers. And uh, I said, well, that's because it's 3,000 miles, and that would be three dogs. And I think two is enough for me. So yeah. I decided to, um, you know, it's, it's uh, I'm from Texas, and uh, I moved to Boston in 2003. And it wasn't even there a year before Malcolm was um, diagnosed with cancer. So I'm actually going back home. That's why oh, it's okay. Austin to Boston. So I'll, I'll stay in, in, in the Boston area when I get there. Okay. Now we're talking a little Texan here. So if you went to the little town of Grapevine between Dallas and Fort Worth, you will see a ton of my relatives. Well, they won't be talking to you. They'll be six feet under in a cemetery. But I do uh-huh. have some Texan blood in me, last name of Moore and Rainwater. So my sister lives in the Dallas area right now and she's an auditor we're gonna get together this year you know you That's guys a beautiful do things. area though oh yeah you guys do big things in texas you know you don't just do things on a small scale so it's, it's probably appropriate that you're doing this kind of a walk Right, exactly. That's why I kind of joke, say jokingly to people is, you know, we don't do anything small in Texas. We don't just do a walk around the park. We walk across the country. But in all seriousness, though, I, I realize that, you know, we've got a big awareness problem about not only cancer and companion animals, but more importantly, the overlap and the, the connection between cancer and companion pets and people as well. So I realized that, you know, look, you can, you can get the word out, you can get the message out um, in a number of ways. And I just, I just thought that I realized that perhaps the best way that I could really get the message out was actually just go and walk and talk to people. Go and meet people who have been touched by cancer, either personally within their family or within their pets or whatever, and just go and, and build a network of people that have been touched by cancer. And so um, in that regard, uh, this walk has been very successful. We have uh, people, people kind of joke, I collect friends. So, I mean, we've been collecting <laughs> Well, actually, we, we call it friend-raising. We've been friend-raising ever since Texas, and we've got a wonderful, wonderful, you know, grassroots uh, uh, groundswell of movement uh, going on now, and uh, I'm very blessed that we have a ton of supporters. In fact, I haven't spent a single night in New Jersey, walking through New Jersey on, on the side of the road. Everybody, we had a ton of people call, contacting uh, my team and, you know, saying, oh, you know, we'd love to have them over at our house to spend the night and feed them and have the boys over. So we've got a, a lot of supporters. It's just, it's amazing. Now, see, there you go. You just brought out something nice about New Jersey. People seem to sometimes <laughs> diss it, you know, the Sopranos and all that other. But look, the Garden State has opened their home to you. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love New Jersey. I haven't met a single person in New Jersey that I, that I didn't like or didn't get along with. But I got to tell you, it's some of the meanest traffic I've ever been on. Um, we we we, <laughs> yeah. we walked for we walked out of Camden on one thirty towards the Princeton area, and I, I'm I'm just I'm, I'm amazed we actually survived that. It was it was just mean traffic, and uh, so great people, but uh, I don't recommend uh, walking the highways here. Yeah, you know, I can see you're go- you're going toward the Ivy League school of Princeton, but I'm sure your your two dogs Hudson and Murphy were like with the cars. Did they get any kind of was it was scary for you? I mean, you got to be really careful. You're kind of out there in the elements. It's not you know backcountry or anything, but probably urban 
there's probably more urban dangers than rural dangers, aren't there, on your walk? Well, it's a different type of danger. I mean, you know, yeah. you're exposed to, we were exposed to threats from all different directions. I mean, it's interesting. I've given a, a couple of PowerPoint presentations, and, and, and always, without exception, somebody will come up afterwards and say, man, I had no idea walking across the country was this dangerous. And, you know, I stopped counting the number of times we've almost been killed on the road. It's, it, it truly is risky. It's, it's interesting. Um, we did have one of our supporters, um, Cheryl, who uh, wanted to come out and walk with us a little ways on the road, and we were on 130, and so I gave her a crash course in safety. You know, this is not walking in a park. It's not about, you know, look at the pretty sights. This is serious business. I mean, you're within feet of uh, super-sized semis coming at you 70 miles an hour, and it's dangerous and deadly out there on the road. And, uh, you know, she's the nicest person in the world. She had this, you know, before she actually got out there and started walking, she had this romantic, you know, sort of image of what it's like to be walking across the country. And, and she made it about 200 feet, I think. And she said, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> See ya. See ya, right. See ya, Boston. <laughs> she, I swear to God, she was petrified. She was like ashen white. She was so scared. Oh. Bless her heart. <laughs> well, I'm kind of glad she knew it right away because it would have been terrific. But what, what are some of the r- rules of the road that you, Hudson and Murphy, have learned uh, to keep yourself from you know, being on the front grill of a semi? Well, you're right, exactly. I mean, you know, my life is, my day is you know, 100% anticipation um, and planning. You know, because dangers can come at you so quickly and you can very quickly get into trouble, um, I'm always anticipating. I can't tell you how many roads between Tennessee and uh, Ohio that were two-lane country roads, and they were windy, curvy, up and down, literally no shoulder at all, you know, basically maybe, maybe a foot of shoulder, if that, and, you know, no easement at all, no grass or, you know, you'd be like a cliff, a rocky cliff or a crevasse or something. And so you have these big trucks that come at you around a corner at 60, 70 miles an hour, and you literally have a fraction of a second to act and react. So I mean, that's rule number one is always be anticipating the danger. So when I know that I have limited uh, line of sight because we're coming around a corner, I have Hudson and Murphy short-leashed, ready to go if I have to push them off the road at an instant. So that's probably the most important rule of the road. And second is just always be risk-averse. I don't, I'm not out there hot-dogging it. Um, I have to carefully calculate any, any risk that I take. That would be another important one. And um, another one, of course, is don't play chicken with cars because you're probably going to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I'm looking at you. You, you said you're about, what, 6'2", six, six, 200 pounds-ish, they said, you said on uh, one right. of your I'm- videos? I am too. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, <laughs> your dogs are not little dogs. And I think, uh, what, Murphy's about 110, 12 pounds? Uh, a little less than that. He's about a, a C-note plus some, maybe. Okay. And what about uh, Hudson now? Uh, he's around 70, I think, or 65, 70, I think, was last time I weighed him. He's bulking up a little bit. Okay. So even if you are the great, like, uh, Terminator and you have muscles of steel or whatever, how are you making sure that these dogs are, I mean, is it, do they ever decide to go two different ways at one time? And are they pretty mellow when they're walking with you? Or I, I see well, you on the I long mean, blue leashes with them. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And you, you have to, uh, before you even get on the road, 
Um, mm-hmm. here's, a, here's a lesson before you even get on the road. We have to have a working relationship. Establish that working relationship before you even get on the road. So, with, And you also have to have a system of communication. You have to have commands. I mean, you're a team. We are a team out there, and we have to work together constantly. So um, uh, the way that we work together is, is our, our – um, our positioning is I'm, cl- I'm we walk against traffic. I'm sure you know okay. that. So right. so I'm closest to traffic. So I'm I'm on the right side, I guess. Then it's Hudson, and then it's Murphy, and that's kind of our marching structure. Anyway, um, I think that when people ask you know what did you do train for this and prepare for this, you know primarily what what I spent my time on is developing this system of communication and and collaboration. Really developing it kind of like like you know like like any mushing team would do is build up a working relationship. And so I'm, I can say, you know, 100% Hudson and Murphy and I have a wonderful working relationship. So when we first start out walking, Hudson will start pulling and he'll want to smell smells. But, you know, in about 10, 15 minutes on the road, they know it's work. It's, it's all business. And that's what we do. Okay. No play, and- no play time. Okay. We're speaking with Luke Robinson. He, with his dogs, Hudson and Murphy, are literally walking from Austin to Boston to help raise awareness to combat cancer in all of us, our companion pets and us. We're going to talk to him more right after we pay for this show by taking a commercial break. So, sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash. Right after these messages. Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. (laughs) 
New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Radio. Hi, it's Rochelle Fab from the Twilight franchise, inviting you all to listen to OB Have with Arden Moore on PetLifeRadio.com. And I think you should encourage other people to listen too, because I'll tell you from personal experience, Arden knows. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our very special guest is Luke Robinson. He and his dogs, Hudson and Murphy, are walking from Austin to Boston. You can check out them on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. I'm going to have you, Luke, give all those wonderful things. And they have a website. You know, the days of social media, thank goodness, you don't have to just send out, you know, smoke signals in the sky. We can find out what exactly you're doing probably within seconds. So, Luke, let's unleash some of those ways people can uh, track you guys down. Yeah, we're pretty high-tech now. Um, We're on Twitter and Facebook. You can friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, both of them. Two dogs, two thousand miles. I was an early fan of Twitter, but um, now that they really they're really strict and limiting the the tweets and whatnot, um, I find that Facebook is a much better way for me to communicate the daily going goings on. Because I, I guess I'm just not. I, I don't know. I'm from a different generation. I, I, I can't condense some of the cool, neat things that are going on the road in 120 characters or less, or 140, whatever it is. <laughs> I know. know, Don't box me in. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't abbreviate my. I can't abbreviate these stories, and so I might put a little teaser on Twitter and say, "Come, you know, join, you know, you know, come friend us on Facebook to get the the uh, unabridged version of the story." I agree with you. I think uh, Twitter is a good thing to do to showcase, like, go link with a link to something and and do a little URL and things like that. But I really don't care. someone just did their laundry it really doesn't strike my fancy but i am i'm glad that you and i are now facebook pals that's cool so uh yeah and i i checked out some of your videos that they're very nice you we and i both have a common dream our dream is to finally get on ellen degeneres so what's how's that happening for you because i saw that on your tweeter your, yeah, <laughs> Come on, yeah, Ellen. Was- you listening? We got some. Cool- <laughs> you know, I, I must admit, you know, honestly, I had never seen Ellen before. I knew who she was, and I was stuck in a, a little trailer in Circleville, Ohio. It was a you know really wicked storm um, over like three days, and I was stuck in a trailer. And the trailer had these um, flat screen TVs, but no, basically no satellite service at all. So they, I think they got like two channels, and um, I was doing some writing and and uh, relaxing and. And one of the TV stations was on. It was all fuzzy and snowy. But um, so Ellen's show came on. And like I said, I'd never seen her show before. And uh, so I, and it was, I can't recall which, which, which uh, guest she had on. But I actually took the time to watch a little bit. And she's awfully funny. Uh, yeah. But the, the, cool, the neatest thing is, though, is she does this dancing thing at the beginning of the show. She likes to dance. Yeah. And so Hudson... Uh, I stood up and I was doing some, some something, and Hudson came up and hugged me and started to dance. So I was like, "Oh, 
You know, you like you like dancing to Ellen's music, huh? So it's this huge thing. So I started sharing the story. So we now have all these people trying to get Hudson on Ellen's show to dance with Ellen. Oh my gosh! You know what? I think he would even let her lead. I mean, he's kind of a cool dude. He'd he'd know it. You know, he's goofy, and there that would make a good team. I don't know. Let's put the energy out there, and I'll do what I can to help you. But uh, <laughs> but you've been on some TV, CBS, ABC. Uh, you get you know you've been written up. What's been your favorite uh, spot? Actually, Besides this show, of course. I mean, de- definitely. Right. I, well, I, I like I, I like I like doing shows like this. I like your your format. I like to be able to you know spend more than just having like two minutes or one minute. As you can tell, I I have a lot of stories, and I'm I'm not great with sound bites. I don't carry like a like a list of sound bites <laughs> with me. So, um, and I tend to go on and on about stories because you know these things take a life of themselves. But one I, I in particular that I, I really liked was um, Nick Perangipe with Fox News out of Nashville. He actually came and and walked with me. Uh, for a couple of miles on the road, and I really liked that because you got to see what kind of a you know day in the life was for me and Hudson and Murphy. And what's interesting is uh, several people um, stopped while he was doing the interview and just came and said, hey, I read about you, I heard about you, I just came to shake my hand, I lost my dog to cancer, and God mm-hmm. bless you for what you're doing. And he asked me, Nick uh, asked me a question, he said, have you ever met anyone that hasn't been touched by cancer? And I stopped for a second and I said, no, I, I haven't. I haven't met a single person along my travels that hasn't in one shape or, or form been touched by cancer. And that's, that's shocking sad. to me. Yeah, that, I mean, you, your mom had, uh, was treated with, uh, for breast cancer, correct? That's right. She, that's right. She's a breast cancer survivor. Yeah, and uh, I'm like you. I, I can't think of people that have not been touched by cancer. That's too scary. So, well, do you know, when, do you know the, the World Health Organization um, just released a study that cancer, for the first time in history, cancer now is the number one global killer. It kills more people worldwide than anything else. Wow, I did not know that. So how are you, I mean, are you teaming up with, I know the Morris Animal Foundation and some other great organizations are doing some cancer awareness. Have you guys teamed up in that regard? Or if not, I could connect you to them because they're the ones that do a lot of funding of grants and research into uh, companion animals and wildlife on cancer research. I didn't know if you're aware of them. Yeah, I do know uh, Morris, and they're doing some great work. There are a number of uh, you know organizations out there that are doing some wonderful work. There's the uh, Animal Cancer Foundation, Gary Post uh, out of Connecticut. I hope to meet with. I spent a lot of time meeting with oncologists and going to institutions. Like for example, I was in uh, UPenn when we were walking through Philly. And uh, I took some time off to go visit UPenn and see what sort of wonderful research they're doing in comparative oncology. And they've got some great studies. So, you know, like I said at the very beginning of the the interview is I don't come from the animal world. I'm not a veterinarian. Um, So this is a learning experience for me. Uh, I'm trying to really put my, you know, wrap my arms around you know, even as this walk nears the end and going forward, you know, what's the biggest need and how can I provide the most help with, with my efforts? So this walk is really only the first step of my lifelong commitment towards um, eradicating cancer. What was your day job prior to all this? Oh, I have a BBA in finance and accounting from the University of Texas, so um, nothing at all like this. <laughs> I was one of those guys that worked seven days a week, 12 hours a day, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm not even close to being the poster child of, of anything like this. It's kind of funny. People have this conception of me before they meet me that I'm somewhere between, you know, Bear Grylls and Gandhi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so I think I think I think when they meet me, it's sort of anticlimactic. You know, it's like, oh, you're just a normal guy. <laughs> no, you're yeah. you're big dog. That's your name. You're a big dog. 
No, I think yeah. it's and I I can't I don't know what your hairstyle is right now, man, because your uh, website you you've got long and short, you know, hair down to there. I'm gonna sing the hair song. Don't worry, I won't. But you get all different hairdos too. I don't know if the doggies do hairdos too, different ones or not. Well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm doing this for a reason. I, I really I can't wait to cut my hair. I was in Memphis and I was about to get a haircut, and um, the one of the people, one of our supporters, turned me on to Locks for Love. And I had mm-hmm. no idea what Locks for Love is, and I looked into it, and I was thinking, you know, why don't I just grow my hair out while I'm walking, and when I get to Boston, just ceremoniously cut it off and donate it to their organization or, you know, whichever organizations are taking, you know, creating hair's prosthesis. That's a hard thing to world. say. Say that ten <laughs> times faster. Prosthesis user. Don't worry. This hard, isn't a radio show. It's okay. To say okay. That. <laughs> so but anyway, so I, I, decided, I decided to go ahead and let it you know, grow long, and, and when, I, when I get to Boston, I'll cut it. How yeah. long is it now, right now? How far oh, is it? Oh, my your... goodness. I have no idea how long it is. All I know is it. standing up? Is it down to your knees? I mean, is it uh, touching your toes? How far is your hair right now? It's probably almost mid-back, I guess. Wow. Wow. You know, there's a lot of bald men out there that are very envious of you. You know that, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. That's pretty incredible. I mean, now you started this walk, I believe, in, in uh, March of 2008. Is that correct? That's right. Uh-huh. Okay. I've been on the road over a year and a half. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my gosh. When is the date, your target date to, to land in Boston? Juneish, actually, um, we want to do almost. We're going to do probably close to a week of events once we get to Boston. So we wanted to do it in a time where we could do outdoor, outdoorsy things. And you know, in New England, that's you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. end of May at the earliest. So um, we get to slow it down now. We have probably 200 plus more miles to go. Um, uh, but I'll be doing. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off um, for the holiday and go back to Texas and see my folks and my okay. family. Then I'll be transported back up here, and uh, we've got a lot of events still planned for in the New York area and the Jersey area. And then we'll be, start making our final push, I guess, in around February-ish. And uh, but we get to take a little bit more time, go a little slower now, and uh, do more events. Now, on your site, I love uh, Puppy Up, those uh, bracelets. There's some other things. So what are some things that people can do if they're chicken like Cheryl and they don't want to walk with you? What are some things they can do to help raise some money to help this cause? Yeah, we have a whole line of Puppy Up merchandise that's for sale on our website. Um, You can go and you can make a memorial donation. Um, We're on shirt number five. We just printed out shirt number five and has over 500 names. All of the names are dogs. Uh, and some cats, actually, that were lost to cancer. And so the, the memorial shirt is, is a real point of pride to me. Um, I, I wear the memorial shirt every single day I'm on the road. And, you know, Malcolm was just the inspiration to, to get this started, really for me to take the first step. But what keeps me going are all the names on my memorial shirt. So I'm like a walking memorial. So, you, so for $25, you can make a donation. We are going to do one more memorial shirt before we get to Boston, number six. So um, I think we'll probably be uh, taking um, uh, memorial donations probably till maybe February or March. And then we have calendars. We just came out with our 2010 Cancer Can't Keep a Good Dog Down calendars. Um, that's for sale. Yeah, but really, you know, to tell you the truth, like I said, I mean, we, you know, those are just ways to help pay for the, the cost of, of the walk and uh, for us to be able to do some of these amazing events, education and awareness events. But, you know, I, the, the biggest way that you can help right now is right. Friend, us, friend us on Facebook and follow us as we continue our mission to Boston because, you know, this is only, like I said, the first step in phase one of my lifelong commitment. And so phase two will be much bigger, and that's really going to we're, we're going to need you know, people to pitch in and help out because we've got big plans. 
Well, I definitely hope that uh, we can continue our journey together either over the airways and hopefully meet in person because I'd love to keep getting the word out. So I'm warning you or making you excited that you might be uh, getting a call from me again. I think your folks have known that I'm editor at large, which is so funny title because I'm only five foot one and a half of Fido Friendly. So we want to do something there. I do a little e-newsletter called Ardenmore Knows Pets, and I definitely want to share your story because the more we can get word out, you never know. There could be one thing that could just really make a breakthrough in cancer for all of us. That's right. So reaching out is probably the best way to do it, right? That's right. It you know, really all begins with uh, this foundation of, of uh, this grassroots foundation of uh, this network of people that we're building. I mean, that's where it begins, um, and that's, that's the most powerful part of this story. Okay. Now, give us something that was chilling and something that was just delightful for you, Murphy, and Hudson so far on your trip. What really has just tickled you and, and I hate to say it, but terrified you? Let's go with which, whichever emotion you want first. Well, let, let me, let me, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the bad thing first. This walk almost ended in uh, Ohio. It was a really rainy spring and, and summer in the Ohio area, and it was like one of the worst tick seasons that anyone could remember. It got so bad as we were kind of moving across the eastern part of Ohio that um, I picked 120 ticks off of Murphy within two days. I had to carry a tick bag around, and um, I'm sure as you can imagine what Hudson and Murphy would bring the ticks into our tent, and so at night, I guess because they didn't have to burrow through as much thick fur, they would jump off of Hudson and Murphy and come at me. And so literally I couldn't sleep in the tent. I was waking up every couple of minutes to pick a tick out of my hair or pick a tick off me. And I went through a couple of grueling days like that. And I called my team and I said, guys, if we can't solve this problem, this walk is, I, I can't take another month of this. I can't get any sleep. Plus, you know, ticks um, carry some of the deadliest diseases out there. Absolutely. And uh, it just so happened that I put the, uh, we did a blog about this. And uh, one of our supporters found out and recommended a company, Summit Vet Farm, and their product is Vectra, and contacted them. And so we began applying Vectra 3D to um, Hudson and Murphy, and instantaneously, completely took care of the tick problem. So, oh, um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, exactly. So they they really saved the walk. But I mean, you know, it was. It, <laughs> I've been through. I mean, I've, we've we've seen snakes. Spiders, you know, semis, uh, been through, um, you know, a, a, a tornado touched down about a half a mile away from us. Black bears, you know, we've had pretty much everything, including the kitchen sink, thrown at us. But you know, it's the ticks. I just couldn't stand the ticks. I mean, they're they're just creepy, you know. <laughs> I agree. You know, I promise you this: no tick will ever be invited on my show as a guest. How's that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's good news. Now, um. What was something that really just just made you just break out and grin? What was something that was just really tickled you that was surprisingly nice? You know, that God, there's so many there's, there's so many stories of you know just acts of kindness that th- things are done. But one that really stands out in, in my mind right now that that I think is just was truly an amazing story was I was was walking through the Baltimore area. D.C. and Baltimore were, were kind of tough areas, and and I just you know days and days and days and of grinding it out and I, I got kicked out of a restaurant. I was trying to trying to get some food and for Hudson and Murphy mean and you know, like they didn't want us there and stuff. So it was a it was a, like a week of like a really tough week walking mm-hmm. through the D C and Baltimore area and um I'm sitting outside a shell station near the Baltimore air- airport and this lady, this really nice dressed lady came up to me and said, 
you know, asked me if I needed anything, you know, if I needed any help. And she even offered to look to look after Hudson and Murphy while I went in to use the facilities. I mean, this woman just out of nowhere just came up and she was just like, it was just amazing. She was like an angel. She was so kind and so, so considerate. And I thought that was, wow. I mean, you know, that was just one example of how people have been so just so amazing and, and unexpectedly amazing to me. It's something I've learned on my travels is that, you know, something I always have to remind myself is give people an opportunity to surprise you. That's something I keep in my mind. That's a very good note. I'm going to put that down. Give people an opportunity to surprise you. Exactly. You know, sometimes we try to script things so much, we forget to live in the now and we forget to be, you know, let others have a role in our lives. That's right. That's right. And, you know, you know, I talk a lot, um, Arden, about um, dogs being a model for us scientifically and, uh, and understanding cancer both in pets and people. But, you know, they're a much more important model for us in our lives and being human beings. And this is something that I've learned from Hudson and Murphy is that, you know, they teach me you've got this step, this step and maybe the next few steps that you have guaranteed to you. And after that, you know, you can't bank on it. So, just enjoy this step, this moment, and, and live in it and soak it up to the max. And um, that's something they constantly teach me because, you know, I'm always busy now. I'm so high-tech. I'm always thinking, oh, gosh, I've got to tweet. I've got to Facebook. <laughs> I've got to, you know, my gosh, I've got to do this, and I've got to, you know, do that. And, and actually, they, uh, my team bought me um, a netbook now, so I'm able to actually, you know, um, do video casts. And so now, it's funny. It's like my, my life, is, I've got so many things going off the road, and, you know, probably more than going off the road than on the road now. And so every once in a while, I just have to get back in my tent and get on the road with Hudson Murphy to remind me, you know, this is it. This is what it's all about, this moment right now. I think that's perfect. We're speaking with Luke Robinson. He and his cool Great Pyrenees by the names of Hudson and Murphy are walking from Austin to Boston in order to raise awareness. And heck, let's beat this darn big C cancer in the lives of all of us. You can go to twodogs2000miles.org. He's a Facebook guy. Just go to Luke Robinson, or you can go to uh, the Twitter is uh, Hudson and Murphy, correct? Well, actually, we have a Two Dogs 2,000 Miles on Twitter, and we have Hudson and Murphy are on Twitter, and they actually have more followers than I do. <laughs> well, I think their attitude is pretty funny. I like how Murphy's like, I'm the smart one, you know, and you know, <laughs> the attitude and the spelling, is, you know, I think you were trying to spell scary or snary, and I mean, you've got the whole dog voice down. I mean, I know there are English teachers everywhere that are cringing, but you've uh-huh. got you got the voice. You got the voice down. I think those little times in the pop tent are really paying off for you. Oh, I, I don't write for Hudson Murphy, by the way. That's not me. No. Okay, well, whoever it is, I give a big pause <laughs> up to. Well, maybe they've got opposable thumbs. I just hadn't paid attention to it because they were wearing booties, and I didn't get to see if they had thumbs. But, yeah, I think uh, big pause up because it's it's a delight. And I, I found myself reading that, and I'm, not, I'm like you. I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter. Well, so, you know, it, 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 that's how it should be, though. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they have more followers. I tell everyone, you know, they're the stars of the show. I'm just the guy carrying the luggage. That's all I do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's funny. I, I, you know, I, I was off the road with uh, – Murphy was off the road um, for uh, a couple of days the other week, and my team was trying to coordinate media and stuff. And I said, look, I'm, you know, I, it's just me out there on the road doing this little stretch on the road by myself. And I can assure you, you know, the media is not going to come out because I'm just some, you know – old, hairy, you know, stinky guy walking across the country. How interesting is the story is that? <laughs> I don't know. They made a movie called Forrest Gump. I mean, you know, you never yeah. know. You could be Tom Hanks' long-lost son. You don't know. 
Maybe so. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for being a special guest on our show, Luke. And I really hope to have you back on when you're celebrating the final step when you reach Boston. And we're going to keep following you for the next phase because, as you mentioned, this is just the first step. Wouldn't that be awesome if we could uh, just wipe out cancer? That's right. That's my aim and that's my mission. All right. Well, it's a great mission. I'm so glad you're here on our show. Hey, folks, go over to twodogs2000miles.org. You can find out more about what's going on with Luke and Hudson and Murphy. And just let's all pray for their safety and let them have some delightful adventures on the final stretch of this walk. I also want to uh, give a big pause up to my producer, Mark Winter. He makes this show happen each and every week. And uh, hey, if you want more of Arden Moore, I invite you all to my new e-newsletter, Arden Moore Knows Pets. Just go to ardenmore.com and you can click on the bar for newsletters. It's great. We have some good prizes. We salute people like Luke. And Luke, guess what? You're going to be profiled in my next newsletter so we can uh, give people a shout out to you. That's the whole thing. It's not a Christmas card, Arden, all about Arden. I'm really trying to focus on amazing things that are going on in the world of people and pets. We had a guy who is 60 years old who is disabled who's surfing with a dog by the name of Ricochet. And we had them on our show. And his goal in two years is to walk across his high school graduation stage to pick up his diploma. So there's amazing powers of people and pets, and we're going to share them with you all the time. So, until next time, this is your flea-free host and tick-free host, Arden Moore, (laughs) delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand. This is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com.